right. Want to try that again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's try it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Brave Birds. Woo! All right. What up, y'all? Welcome to episode 27 of the Brave Birds pod. We are down a man today. He is down in Disney with his fiance. He so, hates us. That's not Artie. He hates that us. Artie. No, it's, I'm just kidding. I love Rhett. He's, yeah. he's having a lot of fun. I'll be doing the same thing in a little while as well. Yeah, so we got Zach, Will, and Artie here today. Rhett, yeah, uh, as you just heard. But let's yeah. move on. Um, We got how many days till the end of NFL? We got March 16th is the official end date of NFL, and that's where free agency start. Oh, okay. So, but for Falcons, we got a bunch of positions we need. Um, still aren't unsure about Ridley. We don't know his status. Has anybody heard anything about him? No, nothing yet. But I mean, fingers crossed that if he, listen, it seems like he doesn't want to come back and play with us. So let's just hope we can trade for something good. There's some good building pieces at this point. And mm. that's, that's sort of my mindset, right? I'm, I, if I'm, if I'm seeing the negative headlines and that's how I'm going to spin it. I think it's going to be a situation where we either, negotiate something that makes him happy and want to stay or we get something ideally we can get something good out of it rather than force him to stay for some reason and then either you know go back into a situation where he's unhappy and needs to take a break for mental health reasons or we force him to play he's not as motivated and you know he doesn't perform and then it's a waste and then we lose him next year ideally we get something good out of him because and ideally he can go to a place where he's utilized and feels like he can perform to his potential and hopefully we can find a win-win yeah especially if we do trade him that would be nice um Cordero Patterson I really hope we resign him a lot of people are saying he's going to be a lot very expensive after this year he might I, be. I don't think he will because this is the only team he's been good at we are the only team that has figured out how to use him. So I don't know if they I mean, will yeah. just look at this year and be like, all right, this is how they did. What's going to happen from here? Is somebody else going to sign him and try and use him that way? Is he going to go back to his old self if he goes to another team? Or Plus, he wants to stay in Atlanta anyways. He said he would love to end his career here, which I would be fine with. He is a freaking beast, and I would love him to stay here. And then we got to figure out our uh, QB future. Who's going to back up Matt Ryan? Are we done with Matt Ryan? Are we going to try and get a new QB? Maybe at least play behind him and get the veteran knowledge that Matt Ryan has to the backup. But we got to find out because this isn't going to be, this isn't a huge class for the uh, QBs in this draft class. So. I'm of the, after watching more film, after watching, you know, tape on, the Falcons season, seeing what there have been for teams that, you know, ha had similar issues that Matt Ryan was faced against with an offensive line and running backs, blah, blah, blah. Um, something that it, it may, comes to my mind is I feel like we build up the pieces around him, give him the best chance to win games now, especially with the conf with the division being more wide open mm -hmm. with Tom Brady gone and Sean Payton gone and the Panthers being in a situation where they don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Um, I feel like this is our best chance to win the division again. And then we wait for a year and potentially draft a better quarterback or something next year for 2023. Mm -hmm. 
So I definitely agree with that because I still think feel like Matt Ryan still has a couple more years in him to play at his uh, peak or hopefully yeah. or right and, at the end of his peak. I agree. And even if he's not peaking, if he's not performing at that MVP level we saw a few years ago when they went to the Super Bowl, ideally we can still find a situation where we're able to use what he does have left and get pieces that make it easier so that he doesn't have to throw for another 5,000 yards this season. Mm-hmm. Make it so that we can – run the ball and either build up pieces in the backfield, build up wide receivers, give us a, or give us an offensive line so that we can actually run the ball so that we don't have to just, you know, lob it over to CP and get him killed or throw it to uh, Russell Gage. Like Russell Gage is good, but he's not a number one receiver right now. There's a lot of other options and there's a lot of good wide receivers in this class that I think we can utilize. Yeah. And then uh, let's go over to the uh, defensive side. I think we talked about it last week, but we released Dante Fowler. He was on a three-year contract signed in 2020. So we released him after two years, which honestly, I'm surprised. I mean, he didn't he didn't live up to his uh, perform or standard this year. Like he was supposed to have at least five sacks and only had four and a half. Because if he hit five sacks, he would have hit his incentive and got an extra million dollars from it. So yeah. that means like he didn't perform as well as he should have, which is what I'm assuming we released him. I think but, it was more cost benefit. I think we're trying to fill up as much good cap space because he is expensive. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that he didn't play to his cap space this past year, probably a good thing we did release him, even though he did do well or better than the rest of our line. But we have Grady Jarrett. We can, we're keeping. I'm pretty sure. Hopefully, we can get another defensive ru- or a defensive end um, rusher that'll do well. But we'll see how that goes. Let's move on to Hawks and NBA. They're on that All Star break right now. Going into it, Hawks are 28 and 30. Just two games. We've got a shot. There, got I, a shot. I hope we're like last year. And after the All Star break, when we just freaking came out and destroyed i hope we can do that again hey man the braves the braves exactly have proven that it's been done and we've been sitting in a more comfortable spot we're one game out of we're tied with charlotte for the ninth spot mm-hmm. in the east um we're a full game ahead of the wizards so we should be okay we're not that far behind the nets mm-hmm. we're five games behind the celtics for six but you know the raptors are losing uh, Dragic. The Nets are probably much better now, but we still have to wait to see who, how they play. And I don't think the Charlotte Hornets are that great. Exactly. The Charlotte Hornets have a, a they have a, they, their stars are Terry Rozier and um, what's his name? LaMelo Ball. And, you know, LaMelo's good. We've seen that. But I, I think down the stretch, I think the Hawks will get it done. Like, like we talked about this, right? We, and we, we know that the narrative is that the Atlanta teams are going to have, like, they're going to barely inch it out. And all you have to do, though, is make it to the playoffs. You make it to the playoffs, it's a whole new dance. And it's the exact same thing that I said for MLB. So, I I, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I mean, we, we ended on a two-game win streak, beating the Cavs, and then, you know, crushing the Magic right before the All-Star break. That's all great. But it's basically, at this point, it's win or go home. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got, we've, we have the opportunity, and I think we have probably a better team right now than we did this time last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just have to start clicking and stuff. But, yeah. I mean, going And everybody, everybody's more healthy now. 
which is good. We're healthier earlier, which yeah. is going to yes. be a big help. The only yes. one who's been out is John Collins with his hamstring, but he should be back after the All-Star break. So honestly, it was kind of good that he heard it right near the end of before the All-Star break, so he only missed a couple games. But Yeah, we have a tough game coming up this week against the Bulls, um, but I think that's going to be – that's always going to be a good place when we play a team like that that's near the top of the division, top of the league. Mm-hmm. where you can really gauge where you are as a program. Uh, I was just thinking that too. Or, if yeah. we can get to that point and we get back to 500, you know, we're two games away from 500. So if we can get to 500 and stay more in a consistent playoff position, I think that bodes well for confidence going into the rest of the season. Yeah. And I mean, even going into that all-star break, we started that good two win streak against the Cavs, beating them 124, 116, who are doing pretty well this year. And then we beat the Magic, which, yeah, as you can tell, we are much better than them. Yeah, I, it's so that, like I think it's it, Arnie's make a good point. So and and I I kind of want to pivot from this and talk about the All Star break. Yeah, go right into it, Will. <clears throat> so I, I was watching this past weekend. Uh, Trey Young was like the main player from the Hawks who got selected for the team. He did pretty well. He's playing for Team Durant. And uh, he had a double-double, 13 points, 10 assists. Um, he he did fine. So that's great there. Steph Curry easily won the MVP. Uh, he was lights out. He had 50 points. He went 16 for 27 from the three-point line, which is just – He was he was also shooting from literally everywhere on the yeah. court. Yeah, he was just – he was literally shooting like from the from the logos just constantly. Um, the, guy, the guy did not care. It was so funny. But uh, all that being said – it was a fun all-star break. I, uh, you know, that, that doesn't really mean much. It's not like the thing with like the pro bowl and even the all-star game for NBA is it's not like the MLB all-star game where there's actually an incentive game. on the line. Yeah. Like I believe there's incentive on the line. I think you get a million dollars if you win the home run derby, which is kind of cool. So, so that, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, it was, you know, great game, quick break. And now we're right back to it. So now I kind of want to break down the NBA. Let's just talk about who we think is uh, who we think has the best shot. And I had said that one of the other teams that I was looking at was the Bulls. Um, and and I, I said that basically right now. So the Bulls are in second in the Eastern Conference. They're behind the Heat. Well, actually, they're, they're tied. Really, they're tied really with the overall record. Yeah. 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 They're both both one and two seeds are thirty eight and twenty one, and then. The other mentionable names, you know, you've got the 76ers and the Cavs bringing up three and four. Go all the way down. Hawks are at 10. Or like Zach said, we're one game behind the Hornets. <laughs> and the Nets barely have a positive record at, at eighth, which is just funny. Um, I will say that I think the Bulls have a decent shot because they're playing right now with a couple of injured people. Zach Levine is currently injured. DeMar DeRozan has been just putting up numbers left and right, which is what's leading to the the Bulls' current success. And so if you combine what DeRozan's been able to do with a healthy Levine, then I think that they, they've got a, a, a great one-two punch. And Lonzo Whereas, Ball. He's also say? been playing well. Lonzo Ball? Yeah, yeah. He's, Lonzo Ball's been playing decent. But uh, that leads me to other bench players that the Bulls will be bringing back in the home stretch now is Alex Caruso. Caruso's already won it once with the Lakers. He gets traded to the to the the Bulls. He suffered a, a wrist injury. I believe it was either late December or early this year. He's not coming back until March timeframe. 
kind of resembling of a uh, resembling of the 2021 Hawks, where you're you've got injured guys that are coming back, except they're already solidly in the lead of the East. Like I said, they're tied for the Heat for the one and two spot, and so I think that Demar. Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, and Alex Caruso, and then whoever you want to throw as the fifth man could get the job done down the stretch. I, I like I, I've talked about how the Nets and the 76ers are going to take a while to sort of figure it out. I think that that'll give time for the healthy Bulls to maybe they drop a couple games, hopefully one or two to the Hawks, you know, help our chances get in. But I, I think that gives them a decent shot. I would say for me, uh, the teams that stand, at least the team that's in the Sorry, the e- team in the East that stands out the most to me is the Cavaliers. Um, getting Darius, having Darius Garland put up the numbers that he's having this year, especially for being so young. Uh, just overall, from a defensive perspective, playing very smart ball, uh, and get the advantage uh, in addition of uh, Lover has just has been a really nice like leadership standpoint for such a young yeah. team. Yeah. And they've been able to stay consistent. They're tied with the Sixers for third, two and a half games back from the Heat and the Bulls. So they're definitely in a really good spot to, you know, pretty much solidify staying in the playoffs and mm-hmm. get a good home home field seed. I think it's also just a testament to coaching up there and consistency of the program because for the longest time the Cavs were bad with LeBron without LeBron and now that LeBron's back and Kevin Love is healthy again they're able to make a lot of dents and win games off of big teams fortunately the Hawks uh beat the Cavs the other week uh but you know the Cavs the Cavs are my team to watch right now for the East what about you Zach dude just the Nets mainly just because that big trade they just got they're they're the what most worrisome to me, but then again, at the same time last year they were even scarier because Kyrie was actually able to play in every game, yeah. and they still lost to the um to the Bucks in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Granted, I know so, they had some hurt players, but still, so I I'm definitely still worried about them, especially that the trade they just had. Like I explained last week, I thought they won the trade deal, so they make me worrisome. But they do also only have 26 games to figure it out and get that team chemistry with Seth and um, the other two that came over. So could I pivot to the Western Conference, if that's all right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. So I will say for the Western, I'll obviously throw in the Denver bias, um, but I'll make it quick. I think Nikola Jokic is amazing. He's averaging a triple-double like at least once a week. And so him combined with Artie's boy, or Artie, and I should say shout out to the queen, Alex Farnsworth's uh, guy, Bones Highland, coming from VCU. He's an amazing rookie. Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Will Barton, and you've got Austin Rivers as well. And then Bones Highland coming off the bench. They're doing great. They have a shot to, you know, right now they're sixth in the West, but that's not the team that I'm really worried about. That's a team that if they make the, you know, should they make the playoffs, I think they could get past the first round. The team I'm actually worried about is the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are like easily in first place. They're 48 and 10. The two place is the Warriors at 42 and 17. So the Suns have 10 less losses than the Warriors who are right behind them. And Two of those losses in recent games have come from the Hawks. Hey. Yeah, as well as, uh, I'm trying to find it, the Heat. 
18 so games before got, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you've got so the so, to put in perspective, we're recording. It is one of the last weeks of February, and the Suns have lost twice in 2022. Yeah, and they're on a, another seven game win streak right now. Yeah, and so I, I I texted this stat to everybody the other day, but the Hawks. When they beat the Suns, obviously they beat them at home. But when they beat the Suns, Trey Young and you could say and slash or John Collins or Kevin Herter, both of them had 19. They had to combine for 61 points. And then when the Heat beat the Suns, uh, coming off the Heat's bench, you had let me think. I think it was you had Tyler Hero and and Duncan Robinson combining for 60 points in those same games. Devin Booker combined by himself for almost 60 points. So take out everything that the rest of, of the rest of the st- sun starting five with Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder and Chris Paul <clears throat> and Deandre Ayton did Devin Booker is almost, I, I don't want to say single handedly, but he is, he is making the impact to uh, He's making the difference and he's impacting this team. That sun's team scares me. We saw them make it all the way to the finals last year. I think they've got a really good shot and they're, I, I mean, they're the best option in the West. Like we we know that the Warriors have Clay Thompson back now. They've got two of the two of the best three point shooters um, in the form of Clay and Steph. But do not underestimate underestimate the Suns. I would say my probably top team for the West that I'm watching right now. Like we all know, the Suns and the Warriors are going to fight for one and two, and probably talent wise are the two best teams. Yeah. For me, my player to watch is Ja Morant. Obviously, the man's a freak. Mm-hmm. Like he, he is a problem for the NBA right now. Like he is He's so good. So good. And we saw that in, in the All-Star game last night. He was just throwing down huge dunks. And it's a shame that he wasn't in the dunk contest because the dunk contest was, you know, subpar. Um, right. But the team for me that I'm actually really interested in is the Mavericks. I love Luka Doncic. I think that they're just a very well-rounded team and they're able to put up points and they're very well balanced. It's not a team where, yeah, you know, they're needing to throw down 113 points a game, but they're also not letting up that many points, which is really nice. Like if you look up and down yeah. the average points per game against, they have one of the fewest in the entire NBA, which is fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I I hear what you're saying about the Mavs. I completely agree, though, about the Grizzlies. It's like, and like, I can't even count. Just looking down the list, I can't even count the Lakers out at, at the ninth place. They're 27 to 31, and I mean, I saw the Lakers come back the other night at home against the Jazz, the four ranked, the fourth ranked Jazz team, and it, it's I don't. It's just like this is what we were talking about after the uh, the free agency ended, after the trade deadline, was like if any of these teams can figure out how to turn it on in the second half, they're they're going to be lights out. You know, like if the 76ers and the Nets in the East can figure out how to work with their new components, they can make a run. If uh, <laughs> I'd say anybody besides the Clippers, I don't really have that much faith in the Clippers. Any of those teams in the West figure out how to turn on, they can make a run. You know, you've got the Lakers that are just barely out of contention at the ninth in ninth place, all the way up to yeah. You hit on the head. John Morant is a scary person. He is so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, ninth is still a play-in, so they still right. have a shot. They'll still technically be in the playoffs. Exactly. 
And it's crazy because John Morant, he was out for a little bit, and their team still went on like a seven-game win streak when he was injured. So I'm with you on Memphis being the scary ones. Yeah, we know Suns are definitely going to take that first place. But Grizzlies are coming coming in hot on the Warriors. Only one game behind them. So very impressive with them. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, or I was going to say the same exact thing with the Mavs ever since their like first couple games this year, they have gone off and well, they're 35 and 24 sitting in fifth place in the West. So if they can catch up to the Utah jazz, which they're only two, one and a half games behind, they can get that home court advantage for most of the uh, playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Luca's a freak. It's really hard for me to, you know, really put any anything against him. Completely mm-hmm. agree. But can we go back to the All Star break discussion real quick? With Trey was a was a starter for the game, and he played less minutes than half the bench did. Eh, it's an All Star game. Like it's all just for fun at this point. I know, but then you got Embiid. So Trey played for nineteen minutes. Embiid was a starter as well, and he played for thirty one. And then you got a couple of the other bench players playing for 25 and 23 minutes. And I'm just like, I understand it's all-star. I don't care too much about it. But I just thought that was, he got, um, I feel like they're just like, oh, he was only in here because he got voted. He's actually not that good. But then it confused me because he has, he's the leading point scorer in the NBA right now, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, so did anybody know how the three-point contest went? I did not watch it. Yeah. Uh Cat uh so, Trey Young, it, right? Yeah, Trey Young made it to the finals and then Car-, Car he had like a twenty six was what he scored in the finals and Carl Anthony Towns scored a twenty nine out of thirty. Dang to win. He was the first big man to win yeah. it. He it was oh, incredible. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I but yeah, Trey Trey kept saying he's like I'm just. I just want to redeem myself from last year after getting out of the first round, and well, it looks like he did. Oh yeah, he made it all the way to the finals. Yeah. Uh, just I mean, but you How like going. I, no, go, go ahead. Didn't your thought? I was just gonna say, going twenty nine for thirty. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> like ridiculous. that's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um. How did Steph Curry do? He. I mean, he won the MVP. He had fifty points. Well, well no, that, no, 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 that was no, all star game. Three point. The oh, three the three-point? I don't think he shot in the three-point game. I'm surprised. Which is weird. But That's then so again, weird. He is at the lowest percentage of his season he's ever been at in three-point shooting. Yeah. So that that would kind of make sense. But So, Zach, back on your point on Trey just kind of only getting 19 minutes, mm-hmm. um, the only reason why you see that in a stark comparison to, like, Giannis or even the forwards that were on – or like Joel Embiid, is there's one, two, three, four, five, six guards that were on Team Durant and only three centers. So, oh, well, yeah. that's so a you're split time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah, lot exactly. of split time then. Yeah, that's part of it. Like he got 19, but Morant had 18. Uh, Murray had 27. Ball had 22. Like all the other guards were just splitting time. Like they nobody had a ton other than Devin Booker as a shooting guard. Okay, yeah. Um, that's all all I got on NBA in the Hawks. 
Y'all got anything else you want to talk about? No, nah, man. Let's move into college basketball. Let's yeah, do let's it. Let's do it. It's heating up. It's almost March. Let's go, baby. So, before we get into the January, rankings and stuff. February, Izzo. Izzo. <laughs> we have four more or five more games left in the season. Yep. Um. Well, most teams have five more. I know a couple only have like three or four or two or three because I know Gonzaga only has two. But we'll talk about the Michigan. They only have two because they play middle school teams. Yeah. Okay, we'll okay. talk about the Michigan head coach stuff. <laughs> Something just so, came out. He has been suspended for the rest of the season. Take it away. So basically at the end of the Wisconsin game yesterday, February 20th, uh, the Michigan head coach was not very pleased that Greg Gard, the head coach for Wisconsin, called a timeout. Wisconsin's up by double digits. I want to say like the final score was, I think they won by like, yeah, they they won by by 14 at home against Michigan. Michigan's got the full court press on. There's 15 seconds left in the game. Greg Gard's trying to use this as a coaching opportunity. He's got his he's got his backups in. So then he calls a timeout because he sees the full court press. He wants to advance it, and then he wants to help his his guys coming off the bench react to it. And, and he'll possibly make a, a play or just hold on to the ball, run the clock out. And the handshake... I've seen the video a couple times. Juwan Howard, uh, you know, he might have made a comment or two because he might he might have been upset. He the guy is passionate, and we that's a great thing to have. You know, I think that Artie and Zach will both agree with me. We need that sort of passion from coaches, people that are willing to ride or die for their squads. Um, we see it all the time in baseball with managers going out there and arguing calls. You know, we've seen Snicker do that for the Braves, possibly get thrown out sometimes, and that's okay. That shows that you care. It like it, it that that's we wouldn't be like people ask you know why is it that that men spend so much time on sports? It's because I don't know. It's just something for us to care about. Something we bonded over and that all of that sort of jazz. And so when you see this come through, that in the handshake, John Howard he might have made a comment first. Greg Gardy might have made a comment first. It's hard to tell. Some of them are wearing masks. Some of them are not. And it looks like Greg Gard grabs the scuff. Uh, or the, I should say the front of Jawan Howard's shirt. So, so you've got the, the Wisconsin coach grabbing the Michigan coach still can't tell what they're saying because of the camera angle. And also because they're wearing masks and they're not wearing masks. <clears throat> and then Jawan Howard might've just told him not to, he might just cuss at him and told him not to touch him. Makes sense. I probably would have done the same thing. He's, you know, but I don't know what instigated Greg guard to, reach out and grab him. Um, and then you've got other guys coming in like off the, off the bench and off the side from both sides, whether it's the Michigan assistants, as well as the Wisconsin assistant coaches coming in. And it looks like one, some random guy from Wisconsin side who doesn't have anything to do with it gets in the middle of the scuffle and says something. And he's the one, he probably said something at that point is there's a crowd building that, just pissed with Juwan Howard off over the edge and Juwan Howard just reaches out and like throws like a bear claw fist and smacks the guy in the side of the head. Well, that's not a good look for Michigan. Uh, I guess there's no spot for that in professional sports. (laughs) I mean, you know, if it really, if it were up to me, I would just let them, I would just let them brawl it out. They're two grown men. They're going to throw, like, they're, they've are they got to be in their 40s or 50s. They're going to throw a couple punches, probably end up in the hospital, something like that. doesn't really matter, but you're representing something more. You're representing a college, and you can't have that. So 
people are saying what you know things back and forth about Jawan Howard, and it's just it's all that to say. Listen, the guy's passionate. He fights for his team. If it were your team, you would want that. Um, and I guess to spin it the other way is it looks bad for Michigan. The guy's going to get suspended for the rest of the season. Michigan was right. They were in, you know, right on the bubble. And we're probably going to have to sweep the rest of these games and slash or perform well in the big 10 tournament in order to make the, the uh, NCAA tournament. Not sure if that's going to happen now. So that's my quick two minute consensus about it. And uh, all that being said, I don't know. I probably would have thrown the punch too if I were Jawan Howard. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. There's only so much that you can take before, yeah. you know, especially if somebody's already been physical with you. Yeah. By grabbing your shirt or something. There's only so much you can take before you really have to like put your foot down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And especially when you're in a highly competitive environment like that. Oh, yeah. And you're already frustrated that you've lost the game. Like, you know, things will boil over. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. I don't like I don't super I I can see how it happened. I don't necessarily agree with it or condone it, and no. I don't hate what Michigan's done now with suspending him, but at the same time like I am understanding of the frustration and why he did it. Yeah. Let's move on to the new rankings of this week. Uh we got Okay. I got it. I got it. You gave it to me. All right. So, Red is out. He is with his loved ones uh, out of town right now on vacation. So, the new rankings from the AP, we've got one Gonzaga. Everybody knows for Red stands. Even Zach, the Gonzaga fan in the room, uh, understands that they are playing basically in the size of middle schools. So, they are going to probably be at at number one for the rest of the year, unless we see some sort of Cinderella story upset, which would be incredible. Yeah, they only have two games left, so they'll probably stay there. Yeah. So Auburn's at three. Um, Rhett told me that they would not lose one of the coming games. I said it was possible, and he told me not to worry, and I didn't worry. And then I woke up Saturday evening. I came to, and Auburn had lost to Florida. Uh, It's okay. It happens. It's fine. It's better to be ranked three than to be ranked 23. So, yeah, it's a letdown spot. Auburn's going to learn from it. It's just a bump in the road. Like, okay, sure, it's embarrassing for the program. Yeah, okay, go ahead, Florida. Woohoo, you've got your you know, your five minutes of fame. We're going to move on. Purdue's at four. Uh, I don't really know how to feel about this. I, I think that, like, they're finally coming to the top of the Big Ten, but I don't really know. I, I don't think this is a strong four, if you ask me. Yeah, not really strong on Purdue at number four. And Kentucky drops to six. Uh, They were previously ranked at four. I think this is fine. Kentucky is leading the SEC. They they showed that they're – or I should say leading the SEC. Sorry, Rhett. Sorry. Sorry, Rhett. Auburn is leading the SEC. Kentucky is behind them. Not far behind, but I'd say they're probably the second or third ranked. You know, you don't want to throw Tennessee somewhere in there. They're, I think they're kind of being dogged all the way down at 17, but they did just lose to Arkansas. But regardless, it's about the top 10. Now we move on to Duke. Coach K and his squad are putting in work on his farewell tour. They move up from number nine to seven. Good spot for them as there's only a couple of games left in the season. Villanova comes in at eight. They were previously ranked 10th. Uh, they are, honestly, I, I think that they're 
going to single-handedly win the Big East unless number 11 Providence has anything to say, but we'll find that out here in the next week before going into conference tournaments. And then we've got Baylor at 10. So who did Baylor just lose to? Uh, they just lost to Texas Tech. Okay. They've lost to Texas Tech twice, but this one they lost by 10, oh. whereas last time they lost by three. Okay. So that's a stark difference. But they did beat uh, TCU. Got it. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. The only ranked team that they've beaten recently is um, Texas. Okay, but they've, yeah. lost, they've lost recently to Bama, who's no longer ranked, Kansas – was a blowout, and then they lost to Texas Tech by 10. Gotcha. So, yeah, Baylor drops from 7 to 10. Uh, I, I think that's pretty fine. Nobody believed in them last year. I don't really believe in them this year, to be honest with you. And uh, I, I think that this is a solid 10 ranking. And then you have UCLA. They were 13. They move up to 12. I don't know, Zach. You've been hearing me talk about UCLA. I just don't have a lot of confidence in Mick Cronin's squad this year. I don't think this is the same squad that made the Final Four, nor with the same amount of strength either. So we rounded out Ohio State making the rankings at 22. They were previously 18, so they dropped a couple of spots. What was it? You guys lost to Xavier, is that right? Uh, No, they lost to Iowa. Uh, We just came off wins against Michigan and Minnesota, but... I uh, got upset with Iowa, um, which bumped us down and moved them up to number 25. But we're currently playing against Indiana right now. Okay. Yeah. So 22 Ohio State, that rounds out our rankings. And uh, now we'll go and break up down everybody's teams. So Rhett lied to me, like I said, told me not to worry about Florida. Should have been worried about Florida. <laughs> they lost to Florida. It's fine. We're going to move on. For the rest of Rhett's teams, like I said, Florida, they've got a couple left on the regular season. They should make a pretty easy run through the SEC tournament, but I will not be taking the uh, responsibility if this is a jinx. Although Zach and I have expressed multiple times, we are cheering for Auburn. I think that Auburn is the real deal. Even with a fluke loss like this to Florida, I'm not worried. Mm. Villanova, just beat uh, Georgetown, 74-66, and now they're about to play at number 21, UConn, be tomorrow, so Tuesday, the 22nd. You guys know the outcome of that game. They, uh, like I previously said when going through the rankings, they should win out and take the Big East. We'll see. Seton Hall uh, actually just loses at UConn. 70 65 then turns around beats DePaul at home 66 to 64 and finishes up their regular season play by taking on Butler uh the 23rd so that's gonna be Wednesday you guys should know the outcome of this and then this coming Saturday they'll play Xavier the 26th so we've got Rhett and Artie's teams in the Big East going up against each other Duke just routed Florida State continuing Coach K's goodbye tour Beats FSU 88 to 70, and then they're going to to I should say wrap up the ACC play before the tournament, uh, the ACC tournament, excuse me, with UVA, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, and North Carolina. I'm personally excited for that UNC game. Hoping we can sit, uh, you know, hoping this is a revenge spot, but I don't know. Duke looks like the real deal. Yeah, especially and since UNC is the last game. It's going to be a good game. I know, I know. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to Artie. Yeah, so we've got uh, a couple change-ups on my team. 
Baylor, like we discussed before, unfortunately has moved down to 10 after it lost to number 11 Texas Tech, but they did come back with a win over TCU, which is another tough conference game. Uh, they do play Oklahoma State a little bit later on tonight as we are recording on Monday the 21st. Uh, my next team, back to the home state of Ohio, lost to St. John's and number 24, UConn, uh, allowing UConn to move up further in the rankings, unfortunately. Uh, next game is going to be a tough, tough game against number 11, Providence. Um, but you got to beat good teams to be a good team. So hopefully we can get that win uh, and make a statement more for uh, the Big East tournament. Uh, down to Ohio State. Uh, moving up to or moving down to number 22 after another loss, unfortunately, to Iowa, 75 to 62. Currently playing against Indiana tonight. And then my last team, VCU, sitting uh, off of a five game win streak um, and a bit, probably one of the biggest regular season games of the year for them is always playing Richmond just down the street. Uh, and it was a beat down 77 to 57. And their next game will be uh, playing George Mason on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see how Ohio State does the rest of the way and see how they do in the uh, in the tournament. But Will is in the bathroom, so I'll go ahead and take on my teams, and then I'll pass it to him. Um, we got I got UCLA. They beat the Washingtons, both Washington and Washington State, the other day. So those were some good wins they got. They got Arizona State. Oregon, Oregon State, and Washington and USC, um, Southern Cal, to end the season. So hopefully we can come out strong. Arizona State, I mean, we just lost to them. So hopefully we can take them out. Oregon and Oregon State, I think they can beat well. And then Washington as well. And then USC will be a good one. Probably a tough game there, but looking good. Gonzaga, they have two games left against San Francisco, St. Mary's, whatever. Um, should be cakewalks. Yeah. Then <laughs> Syracuse lost to Virginia Tech, but they came back and beat Boston College. Um, so that was a good game. Then they round out their season playing Georgia Tech tonight, uh, Monday the 21st. And then they got Notre Dame this upcoming Wednesday, Duke on Saturday, and then UNC next Monday. And then Miami will be their last game of the year. So they got a good little stretch going down. Duke's going to be the tough one. UNC, I hope they can do something about with them. But we'll see what happens there. And then last but not least, we got Mississippi State. Well, last last week when we were recording, they were playing Bama. We didn't finish the game while recording. After the we recorded, we finished and watched the game. Barely lost 80 to 75. It was a super good game. I thought we were able to gonna be able to come back and beat them because we were to go, we were like neck and neck throughout the whole game. I think we were tied right at half and they just kind of pulled it away a little bit. Mississippi State just doesn't know how to shoot a three-point, so they got to learn how to drive the paint and actually put a goal in. Because I think I think it was the last like five minutes they scored two points, which was kind of ridiculous. Um, but we luckily came back and beat Mizzou at home and away for those back-to-back games. Got both those wins. We got USC and Vandy this upcoming week. Then we got Auburn. I'm I'm terrified for that game. I don't want to get blown out. I hope it's as close as we played when we played Kentucky. I hope we're one of those teams where we actually play really well when we play good teams. And then to finish the regular season out, we got Texas A&M. 
So we'll see how those go. If we can if we can finish this season one and one and three for our last four games, that would be huge. If we somehow upset Auburn like Florida did, we can laugh at Rhett, but you know, who knows what's gonna happen. So Will just talked about Mississippi State. I know you watched them. Why don't you take it into the rest of your teams? Yeah, so I'll just head on state real quick. It was sad. Nate Oates got thrown and we just couldn't get the win we kept trying to shoot the long ball and we were not successful from the from behind the three-point line um that's just not how the offense was running and that's not where the momentum was <clears throat> we needed to try actually drive in the paint draw the foul either pass it off or go for the layup and it, it wasn't happening um regardless like you said we took down mizzou that's great so i won't hit on state again i will go to the rest of my teams so we have michigan State. They are not doing well. They lost at home to Illinois in a close win, 79-74. Granted, it's only February, so it doesn't matter because they're still in the bubble, but they're going to have to win out. Either two of these next four games or do well in the uh, Big Ten tournament, but they're right on the cusp of the bubble. They play at Iowa the 22nd, so you guys know the outcome of that game. They host Purdue this coming Saturday, but the big game is the end of the regular season next week against Michigan. They play at Michigan March 1st. That's make or break. That's a good – that could be a great momentum swing going into the Big Ten tournament and setting them up for success if they make the NCAA tournament. Um, The phrase is January, February, Izzo for a reason. Coach Izzo is known to turn it on in this part of the season. So pivoting now to UNC, they just lost to Pittsburgh 76-67. Then they turn around and they beat Virginia Tech 65-57. They're hosting Louisville tonight and then play NC State the 26th. Now, they're going to wrap up their play by hosting Syracuse on the 28th and then finishing off with a game against Duke. Uh, for the ACC regular conference play. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I I think that UNC's got a pretty good shot at making the tournament, but the loss to Pitt does not help. Uh, the winner of Virginia Tech, that's a good that's a good metric. And so that just kind of adds to their resume. Yet they're going to have to win tonight at Louisville, and then <laughs> they're going to have to win at NC State in order to be considered in the top part of the ACC because the ACC is looking like a three or four bid conference right now. So the games against Syracuse and Duke, we can't even get to those. We've got to focus on what's right in front of us. And then we've got the ACC conference tournament before going into March Madness. Um, those two games to end it off are going to be pretty difficult themselves. I mean, Syracuse has been known to, uh, you know, have some, some, or I should say UNC has been known not to perform in some letdown spots. I think Syracuse is a good opponent, but really the, it would mean the world if we could just take a, take an L to uh, Coach K to end the regular season. So now we move to St. Bonaventure. St. Bonnie's is uh, slowly, you know, shifting towards the top of the A-10. They should get a bid to the tournament, but we'll see after beating UMass last week, 83-71. Then just beat Duquesne this past weekend, 81-55. They host Rhode Island tomorrow night, the 22nd. And then they're going to play at St. Joseph's this Saturday, the 26th. Uh, the big game for, for St. Bonnie's is ending the A-10 play. It's going to be Artie versus Will Barnes, as we have St. Bonnie's playing at VCU March 1st. 
So, all that being said, anybody want to pick some early sleepers to win it all? Well, this is a good one because how long until um bracket is up? We got what two weeks? No, three, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Just under three weeks. So as of Sunday, we had three weeks. We are. I think my sleeper might be Murray State. That is okay. That's ridiculous. They're really good. How good? They don't have John Morant. They're still really good. I mean, it's it's for okay. We're talking sleepers, right? So it's probably them, or I don't know, man. I don't have a ton of confidence in anybody else. Davidson's okay. Yeah, Davidson's not bad. I'd say I'm trying to you know I'm trying to pick somebody outside of the top like five. Seating. Yeah, yeah. I I'd say mm, the tough part is I see weaknesses in most teams that are below the top like four spots. Yeah, I, and, I don't like know. I, I could see them upsetting teams. Like I could definitely see like Boise State or Miami upsetting Kansas in the second round, but I don't see either of those teams going all the way. Hey, so you know who my sleeper might be? Who? Wyoming. Why? They are on a tear in the mountain in the mountain uh what is it called? Is it Mountain West? I think it's the Mountain West. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're second in the Mountain West. The only team they're behind is Boise. So we've seen San Diego State make runs before. I I think that Wyoming could. If they turn it on, they're on a one game win streak, but before that they were just sweeping the Mountain West for for like a week and a half straight i'm just saying i think it's possible if you're gonna give like yeah i maybe we should do like early upsets like who do we think is because remember last year like when texas lost to oral roberts and how embarrassing it was for texas texas fans oh yeah and then we saw that just get capped off because texas lost to kansas in the regular football season okay so so who do we think is the first to get upset texas i don't think they're gonna make the tournament Texas will make the tournament. They're they're ranked in the top twenty five, or they yeah. have been all season. They're still going to make it. They're currently sitting under bracketology's predictions. They're sitting as a four seed in the Midwest. Okay, so let's just all right, so fine. They'll definitely make the tournament, but they could <laughs> lose to South Dakota State first round. Oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> I'm funny. going off of ESPN's current bracketology. Yeah, you know it's sad. Mississippi what? State isn't in any consideration. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have to win. We're gonna have to win the SEC tournament. That's okay. VCU isn't either, and they made it to the Final Four a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I think my sleeper team, honestly, is probably Tennessee. They have been Ooh. turning up lately. I think they can That's at least get the Final Four, if not further. Now, do you have a uh, first to be upset? Who do you think is most likely to get upset? I honestly. I'm considering Gonzaga just because they don't play anybody. I have oh, yet... so you think... Okay. They they don't play anybody, so how do they know how good they are? Yeah, that's a, I that's mean, a yeah, good point. I mean, yeah, they're blowing these middle school teams out, but still, they're still nobody teams that... I guarantee you, not a single one of their teams that they played is going to be in this bracket. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw how they, how they did when they faced a real opponent like Alabama. Yeah, they literally lost to Alabama, and Alabama was good. Yeah, so like that 
That's so uh, that's that's not a bad one. Yeah, I feel like they could get if they don't get upset first round, they might be. It's probably second round that they're going to get hit. So I will say that. Ooh, I think it's going to be someone from the Pac-12, and I'm pretty split on the Los Angeles schools. So it's either going to be USC or UCLA. That that's that's where I'm leaning right now, um, for the first to be upset. I think that they're going to lose a game early, but uh, yeah, we'll see closer to time. Hey guys, guess who is uh, sitting at number one in the current predicted uh, way too early rankings in football? Alabama. Ohio State. Really? Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, the addition of a actually decent defensive coordinator and having the best offense in f- college football is really nice. Yeah, isn't Olave yeah, going man. to draft though? Olave and Wilson, but he, neither of them were our best receiver. Oh yeah, yeah. was it? Uh, what, what was his name? Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yes, and Jigba. Mm-hmm. And he's staying. And he then we also have year. Marvin Harrison's son. Yeah, but all right, let's move on to NFL. We got a couple QB free agents that are on the talks for once the season actually ends. Um. Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, Jimmy G, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, Dalton, Teddy B, Marcus Mariota, Mitch Trubisky. What a freaking free agency market's about to happen. And that's just And those are only predicted. That's just predicted QBs, too. And it's not all free agents. Some of those guys would most likely have to be traded. Uh, especially on the lines of like Rogers, Wilson, Watson, would all have to be traded. Well, Rogers but... is—he will be going into free agency. This was his last year on contract. Oh, was it? Okay. Yep. Well, then, yeah, it'll be Rogers as a free agent. Wilson is possible trade. Uh, Mayfield possible trade. Uh, we'll really have to see. I think most of these guys still stay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're, when you're looking at the last couple, Winston, Dalton. Teddy B, Marcus Mariota, and Trubisky, uh, you know, those guys could really end up kind of anywhere, anywhere um, because they are kind of transitory. We don't know really what Trubisky could be. Um, he could end up being in a better place uh, in now being in an actual system. And he probably could do well in that Bills offense if it wasn't for Josh Allen. So we could see, you know, where Trubisky ends up. But a lot of those guys are more transitory guys or need to get in systems that are better for them. Um, I would say most of these guys stay just for cost analysis. Um, for me personally, the ones that I could see most likely moving would be obviously Jimmy G, Carson Wentz, maybe Kirk Cousins. But I, I know the offensive coordinator, the new offensive coordinator and head coach for. Um, Minnesota really likes Cousins. Kyler Murray, it seems like a weird situation. We don't know everything about. Carson Wentz is tough because he didn't really perform. Um, He kind of is what unfortunately held them back from getting to the playoffs when they should have because they had, um, you know, the best running back in the league once Derrick Henry was hurt with uh, in Jonathan Taylor. But Jimmy G is really up in the air. I know the 49ers are really looking at, you know, a new – talent they drafted with that intent in mind um 
And so we'll really have to see. I only see Rodgers or Wilson leaving if they get, you know, if there's a trade that really matches up for Wilson that really, really benefits the Seahawks and a team that needs a quarterback. Rodgers, it's tough for me. I don't see, I can't see him anything other than that disgusting yellow and green, but we'll have to see. I would let, I'd like Zach to talk more to that. So he's in a very good position right now with Green Bay from what all the reports are saying. So I do think he's going to stay after all the reports I've heard. We'll see. He said he's going to make his decision by March 16th where the free agency market starts. So he'll probably make the decision probably on the 15th. So we got some suspense going to it, but I do think he'll stay. The only reason I think he'll leave is go. I'll think he'll go to Denver if he leaves just because that's where his offensive coordinator went. And they literally talked about if he leaves somewhere, Rogers might follow. But I think that they front office finally decided to give Rogers some say, and that's why they're on good terms right now. So we'll see what happens there. I hope he stays. He needs to get him a second ring for the freaking Green Bay being an MVP or like being a two-year MVP and hope future Hall of Famer. He needs another ring. Come on now. Let's get it, please. But yeah, I think I think he'll stay. Other than that, um, Steelers added Flores to the defensive staff. What is y'all's thoughts on that after all the suing and everything that came out? Are you surprised that he got added to a staff? I, I'm not surprised that he got added to a staff. I honestly was surprised he didn't get more of a coordinator position, but he is semi like a senior assistant on this team. Um, and I think it is fitting that he goes to the most successful team with a black head coach. Um, and I think that really extends that vision of what those two guys have been trying to do. And I think it's good for him. He deserves it for being on a team. Nobody with that talent and that coaching ability should be without a team. So I think that's great. I would love, love to see him get a head coaching job. And, you know, we've already seen the Texans come out and say like, he probably would have gotten it if it wasn't for the lawsuit being active. But I think it bodes well for his future. If he's able to find some success there. Um, And it's still Lee. It's a place where we know that the Steelers are very understanding of it. Mike Tomlin, fantastic coach is their understanding of what's going on, knows what's going on and is on his side. So I'm glad to see he is in a situation where he's at an organization and a team that he has the backing that he needs to. Uh, If all this stuff that he's saying is true and comes out and is on the table, I, I think that he's going to have that support system and he, you know, the league deserves to have changes because there are a lot of guys that we've talked about in the past on this podcast that I think deserve head coaching jobs over some of the guys that got them this year personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, has anybody seen anything else about this, uh, co- su- the suing stuff? Has anything else come out about it? As or of right you- now, it's just gathering as much information as possible. Um, there's wait, wait, which loss are we talking about? Are we talking about the Brian Flores or the Deshaun? Brian, Brian Flores. Oh, uh, yeah. All we've seen so far is just information being gathered. Yeah, it looks like it's still pretty early on. Okay, cool. But yeah, I'm glad he did get added to a team. He is a great coach and what? Yeah. But speaking of even more stuff, Vikings hire the LA Rams tight end coach. 
and passing coordinator as offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips. What do we think about that? Taking the freaking um one of the Super Bowl Super Bowl coaches to the Vikings. I mean, the Rams are already they've lost offensive and defensive coaches. Uh, I think this is a great move for uh, the Vikings. But speaking of the Rams losing the tight end coach, they also lost their defensive secondary coach going to the Broncos. Yes. I don't know yeah, I mean, any any time you see name. it's a hero, a vero. And there we go. But yeah, he's going to Broncos. Already continue what I you hope, were saying. I hope I didn't I hope I didn't butcher it too bad. But um yeah, I think anytime you see a guy that's able to coach that successful of a secondary that includes, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Weddle, um, and obviously a Super Bowl winning defense, you're gonna get opportunities like this. And the Broncos have, you know, a lot of pieces, and the defense is pretty much the core of that team right now, especially because they're unsure at quarterback and their offensive line is terrible. So I, I think it's a really good move. Let's surefire and level up that secondary as well as that entirety of the defense, get a guy that we know can do a good job, and hopefully it bodes well for Will Barnes and the Broncos. Dude, I I mean, I've, I just want the Broncos to be good so badly. So, I I mean, I watched some great games. I saw the Broncos beat the Lions. I watched some bad games. I saw the Broncos beat the, the Eagles in person. And I, it's just, we have a couple of of questions remaining, and we have to find the answer at quarterback. Mm-hmm. We haven't been the same since Peyton left. We need to find a quarterback. Nope. But if, if Rodgers were to come to you, Will, I'd probably be a Broncos fan as well. I'd add them to oh, my Oh, me too. To my I've never said a bad thing ever about Aaron Rodgers. I've never said a bad thing about Aaron Rodgers no, if he becomes a Broncos. Not at all. Not about no, ever have, anything. Never have, never would. He'd actually have a shot if he came to Denver. <laughs> all right but um i think that does it for this week's episode it was actually a lot longer than i was expecting for the little bit of uh sports that are going on right now because mlb is still in talks right now they are meeting every day right now until they can finally get uh a decision made but right now spring training got pushed back to march 6th so we'll see if the season starts on time or not but that does it for the Brave Birds pod. Subscribe, rate, review. We love you all. Thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. Woo, doggy. That was fun. Cool. Not bad.